today. President Trump touts a major therapeutic breakthrough for COVID-19. The left loses their minds over the White House Rose Garden renovation and protests in Wisconsin following another police shooting. We've got a lot coming up on this Monday, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Happy Monday. I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Once again, joined by the one and only Glenn Beck back in studio. I just I feel like I know you've been here for a week now, but I just I, I still get very giddy when I see you it's because it's cold in here now. Oh, that's <laughs> I've heard from everybody on the floor. Uh, you're not welcome back. You were it was good to see you the first day and now we're cold again. It's not good. Well, it's back. funny because guess who came when you were not here? actually complained that it was chilly and i was like oh you have no idea (laughs) it's winter when glenn's here yes Uh, also joined by eric july blaze tv contributor thanks for being here as well eric uh all right so let's start with president trump who announced yesterday a major therapeutic breakthrough regarding covid19 and he said that there was emergency authorization for convalescent plasma therapy as a coronavirus treatment which is supposed to be, quote, very effective. Here is, uh, if we could get a little bit of what President Trump had to say yesterday on the emergency use authorization. Do we have that? The FDA has issued an emergency use authorization, (laughs) and uh, that's such a a powerful term, emergency Mm. use authorization (laughs) for a treatment known as convalescent plasma. This is a powerful therapy that transfuses very, very strong antibodies from the blood of recovered patients to help treat patients battling a current infection. It's had an incredible rate of success. Today's action will dramatically expand access to this treatment. So let me just explain in a little bit less Trump uh, language. Convalescent plasma is blood plasma extracted from a human patient who has recovered from the disease, and it's given to a patient who is battling the same disease. It provides passive immunity, which means the body does not create its own antibodies. borrows the antibodies from the plasma of the previous patient that they're getting the blood plasma from. And so obviously the antibodies don't last a lifetime, but it would help someone Mm -hmm. in the treatment. Uh, Now, there were some people who thought that this was going to be some big announcement about hydroxychloroquine. It was not, obviously. Uh, What are your thoughts on the latest? Well, I was, um, uh, this summer, I spent some time with a friend of mine who had come back from Italy. He lives in Italy. Um, and uh, visits America from time to time, works here. And uh, he was like, oh, what's wrong with you Americans? And I'm like, hey, COVID guy, keep it, keep it down or I'll talk about your stats. And he said, didn't you recognize, didn't you see that our stats all of a sudden did this? And I said, oh, is that why they stopped talking about Italy on TV? He said, we were watching American TV, CNN and everything else. They are the ones, I think, that came up with it, or at least they were one of the pioneers in it. They started using it, and it was working like gangbusters. And he said all of the people in Italy were like, why isn't anybody picking this up? Why isn't anybody, look at this works. Why isn't anybody doing it? He said, it's like nobody wants it to be fixed. Hmm. Hmm. 
Eric. Uh, probably because that is the case. I mean, I think that's what when we talked about the other uh, sort of treatments that people had seeming seem to find effective. That was like it's like people want people to be sick. Uh, they go out of their way to try to find these uh, like to, ways to increase the numbers. We've seen like, hey, now, guys, no matter if you're not sick at all, please come yeah. down and go that's get tested here in yeah, Dallas, can, Dallas County. Clay yes, Jenkins. exactly. Right. So we can pump these numbers up because they, mm-hmm. they're not as high as we like mm-hmm. them to be. So. Uh, you call it a breakthrough, call it what you will. Um, it, it's just I'm so frustrated still. And that doesn't necessarily come from Trump. It comes from the states. It comes from the local governments that we're still holding these areas hostage, waiting on treatments, waiting on other other deals for something. Ridiculous. Yes, like definitely for something that is not that, believe it or not, not that lethal for the vast majority of people. I know it pains folks to hear hear that, but that's just what what the statistics read. Just don't take my word for anything. So uh, while, yes. I'm not like anti-science. Of course, I, 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 if, if there's a treatment that, that works, uh, awesome, fantastic. But still, it doesn't speak to the issue that we've been holding these these areas hostage. Uh, people can't, you know, they've ruined people's livelihoods. Like people aren't getting on the other side of things. And fortunately, people like l- laughing it off that get like 21 percent. And in certain areas of, uh, of small businesses have closed down like for good. Like there's no 50 percent of all restaurants gone. Exactly. And, and like. We're still, of course, kicking his can down the road. That, to me, is still the issue. I know that definitely folks on on the left seem to want to wait for something like a a vaccine, just some sort of Hail Mary. It's ridiculous. There there will be more deaths caused by the poverty that this has caused. You you see in Bloomberg's Utopia of New York City, there was, was it a mile? A mile-long line to a soup kitchen. Wow. It was insane. It went around blocks forever. It was crazy this weekend. And there is absolutely no reason for it. I, I think, I could be wrong on this, somebody should check this, but I think the 14th biggest killer in the state of Texas is COVID now. 14, 14. on the list, 14. I think 13 is, what is it, septicemia? Oh. I mean, how wow. many people? I mean, we're not like closing anything. We're not closing shoe boxes for septicemia. (laughs) What are we doing? What are we doing? Well, and still, I heard a a snippet of a Joe Biden interview uh, that I saw over the weekend where Joe Biden was asked if he would, if scientists said he got inaugurated, scientists said this is still bad, uh, you need to shut it down. He said, I would shut I would shut the country down. Which I'm like, but you just said that you would take advice from a scientist on the economy. This is why I had been saying this. Those are two different issues. And unfortunately, that never that conversation never was had. It was like we were holding, again, everybody hostage based upon what. Let's say people that were more so in the medical industry, the scientists in that regards, Mm. not economists, because a lot of even with the flatten the curve thing. That was an economic issue. That was not a more so scientific issue. It was 15 days. Exactly, right. right. The actual shutdown of the economy did not come from science. Science said we have to to isolate everybody, everybody, which is insane. But the actual plan to shut down the economy came from the Federal Reserve. Mm. And I am absolutely convinced the Federal Reserve knew exactly what I knew last fall when I was like, hey, why are they lending all this money in the middle of the night to the banks and nobody's saying anything about it? What's wrong? Something's wrong. Yes. Yes. Something was very wrong. And they came in with the plan. We got to shut down the economy. We, I guess we have to do. Don't worry, Mr. President. Whew, 
here's the plan. Mm. And it had been developed in fall. Mm. I'll give you, I mean, Federal Reserve, you already know oh, how yeah. I feel about that. You know what I mean? I've been talking about it's a rotten animal. It's a rotten animal. They are one. the largest landowner in the world Absolutely. now. Somebody is getting very, very wealthy, and it is the Federal Reserve banks. Uh, well, you guys mentioned the vaccine. You know, we talked about, oh, well, we got to slow the spread, uh, make sure the hospitals don't get overwhelmed. Then it was, well, we have to wait until the treatment. Then it was, well, actually, we can't come out of our homes until there is a vaccine that is available. And even then, not sure that that's going to uh, allow us to actually go back to normal lives. According to the scientists, uh, the Virginia Health Commissioner actually was asked if he would plan to mandate the coronavirus vaccine once it becomes available to the public. Here's what he had to say. If you presumably still are the commissioner of health when a vaccine is made available to the public, do you intend on mandating it? Uh, yes. Commissioner of Health Dr. Norman Oliver says he strongly opposes a bill that would allow people with a religious opposition to opt out of an otherwise oh required COVID-19 vaccine. It's killing people now. We don't have a treatment for it. And if we develop a vaccine that can um, prevent it from spreading in the community, we will save hundreds mm. and hundreds of lives. Currently under state law, mm. only people with a medical exemption could refuse a mandate. Dr. Oliver says he doesn't know what the punishment would be for noncompliance. I think the overwhelming majority of people would, in fact, um, respond well. A new poll suggests more than one in three Americans aren't interested in getting a coronavirus vaccine. Glenn. Yes, first of all, screw you. <laughs> uh, no way. Uh, no way. I, I draw the line. Uh, you come get me with my guns. Absolutely. If you have to, if you're making a mandatory vaccine. No, I wouldn't mind taking the vaccine. I'm not necessarily against it. I'd like to know more. You should probably test it a little longer. Mm -hmm. But once you mandate it, never, not, not over my dead body, no. Let me just say, if you, if you know the, the Bible story about, you know, how the devil was cast out and the third of the angels and there was a war in heaven, what was that war in heaven? That war in heaven was about choice. How do you get angels who are standing in front of God and seeing him going, how do you get them to reject that God, a loving God? How do you get them to reject it? You say to him, you say to those angels, look at that guy. You know what he's going to do? He's going to send people down to earth and they're going to suffer. They're going to have pain. They're going to be excruciating. Some of them won't even return. That God doesn't love you. He doesn't have anything to do. That's not love. I'll show you love. I'll protect each and every one and I'll bring them back. That is exactly the war we're having right now. Look, we got to save everybody. We just got to do it. We all have to do it. And I will make the decision for you. Screw you. <laughs> I believe that is in the Gospel of Glenn, chapter one of this one. <laughs> Eric. Yeah, of course, I draw the line there as well. I, I talked about this on the show before. Like, there's no way something, a vaccine like this being rolled out this early for something that they just found found out about. Of course, it hasn't gone through the rigorous testing that it possibly should have. So, again, I'm not going to be the guy signing go for that and then five years later growing a baby arm out of my neck mm -hmm. or something crazy mm -hmm. like that. I'm just not going to be that guy. But this whole idea that, you okay, you can save everybody and if it saves one life then you can just force people to do that 
And like they said, and this is what I would ch- challenge conservatives to do when they when they throw out these ma- mandates or anything, it doesn't matter if it's mass vaccines, have them talk about the logical conclusion to what it is that they advocate, especially if they're the anti-police types, because what they're doing right there is ensuring conflict with other individuals. So, of course, they get to say, well, I, I just care so much about people. And you ask them, well, what what, what happens if, I, if they don't want to take the vaccine? Well, we haven't quite thought. Of course you haven't. Of course you haven't, because what that means is that you're going to be sending goons to people's doorstep uh, in the event that they refuse to take them. But that that, of course, sounds really bad. But they don't have to answer that question because nobody's holding their feet to the fire and make them them answer that but of course mass mandates completely insane and and, and uh, uh, but vaccines takes it to a different level like you know the mass thing not is only crazy, just vaccines, not only vaccines but a vaccine that was rushed right, right. right yeah. oh okay i mean i don't have a problem this is like i got cancer i got cancer you're rushing a deal give it to me right. I, I have no other options give it to me I don't have cancer. Wait, you want me to take this cancer treatment thing? That's insane. Right. That's insane. Did you see the uh, the World Health Organization director come out and say that uh, we we shouldn't, even if a vaccine takes care of things with coronavirus, we really need to pause and look at this? Because if anything, the coronavirus has taught us that we need to use this opportunity to deal with climate change. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm working on something now. The big reset. You, do you know the big reset? Do you have yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. talked about that on my channel before. <gasps> this is this is like every evil villain spy movie you've ever seen, except it's real. You're like, wait a minute, there is a Hydra. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. It's incredible, and they. That's why the Fed came out two weeks oh, ago cool. and said. We need to shut everything down. Numbers are going down. We still need to shut everything down. Why? Because the impact of the economy isn't bad enough yet mm. for the great research. They reset. They need this thing to absolutely crash and burn. Yeah. But Eric, they're not even hiding it, though. Like Glenn no. said, I mean, that's obviously that what their goal is. They're not even they're hiding jumping it. Jumping up and down going, I'm the villain. Yeah. I'm the villain. And yeah. it was like, oh, that guy, he's crazy. So let's use this virus to deal with climate change. Yeah, I mean, no, they're, they're best how they pack. You saw that even with the teachers unions. They're packaging yes. all this yes. other nonsense that yes. has absolutely nothing to do with all of that. They're all in on it. They're working together. There's obviously something uh, that he called me a conspiracy theorist or, or whatever. But this is if you actually end up looking into it and going down that rabbit hole they are incentivized to destroy the uh, economy mm-hmm. they, they absolutely are and the country yes of course they're incentivized to do that they want to do that and it, it, it unfortunately people's livelihoods are at stake here uh, that's not anything. It's like it's collateral damage to them. Right? It's like, it, it, you know, it's one of those things that had to happen. People should know when they stretch something out this long, when you I guess it's unprecedented as far as we've in modern in recent history. We've never, ever done that. Right. Where we shut the entire country down for something with like a 99 percent survival rate. It sounds crazy just talking about it. And then not only that, it's like they kept lying like over and over and over. Like, OK, we said, you know, two weeks. Like, oh, and then that's what was it about to be six months. Almost, right. And yeah. there's still it's like no sign of return and now they're talking and about they don't what, want to tell you what the end goal is they don't because they don't right? have there's it no, it's, it's like no. it's completely arbitrary that's yeah. why the goalpost keeps moving yeah. uh you know left to right it's like well first it was about flattening the curve well the curve got just a little too flat now we got to stop everybody <laughs> ever from getting viruses ever in, in the world forever like 
what, what are we doing here? I don't, I don't like this conspiracy theory. <laughs> I don't like it at all. I mean, we are, we are only about 70 or 71 days into our 15 days to flatten the curve. Oh. So... That's it was clearly spelled out. Fifteen, but like 15. A, a bunch more times. Yeah, Obviously, <laughs> we've got seventy times seven. We've got a lot more to come up. First, we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Home Title Lock. Uh, so, the FBI actually reported that since the COVID nineteen virus struck, cybercrime is up seventy five percent. Which sounds to me like there are a bunch of people uh, sitting at home for way too long who need to get back to work to give themselves something to do rather than cause trouble online. Uh, but it gets worse than that. The legal title to all our homes are, they're all online now. You don't realize that. Everything's online and the crime itself is called home title theft. It is happening everywhere. The FBI calls it one of the quickest growing crimes in America. Glenn, I think you guys had someone actually come in and show you. I just can't get past your lies again. They didn't say the quickest. They said the fastest. I'm sorry. I mean, get it right. Fastest growing (laughs) crime. Yeah, I actually had an FBI agent come in and because I don't want people at my house in the middle of the night, I bought it in a different way and tried to obscure everything. Mm-hmm. This FBI guy comes in and says, yeah, uh, here's the title to your house. And I'm like, Wait, what? And he said, and I looked at it because I thought, okay, this is fake. It's going to say my name. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Said the other name on it. And I'm like, how did you? And he said, what you tried to do made it even easier. Oh, good. Yeah. He's like, it, I can get any title at any time. Wow. Like, wow. Yeah. Okay. That's terrifying. Uh, so your home and all of your equity can get stolen right out from under you. Uh, and this is all just from cyber thieves doing their thing online. But there is a solution. It's Home Title Lock. You can go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address to see if you are already a victim. Identity theft programs don't protect you. Bank programs don't protect you, but Home Title Lock does, and you can shut it down before it becomes a problem. If you use promo code Y, you'll get 30 free days of protection. That is HomeTitleLock.com, promo code WHY, HomeTitleLock.com. Kenosha County in Wisconsin, they have declared a second night of a state of emergency curfew following a police shooting on Sunday, yesterday. Uh, The curfew will be in effect from 8 p.m. until 7 a.m. The shooting uh, left a man now identified as Jacob Blake in critical condition. Now, there is some graphic video uh, that we are about to show of the shooting. So if you have any young children, anyone in the room who may be sensitive to this. Tell them to go watch Netflix. You'll see worse. Yeah. That is a great point, actually. Uh, But officers were called to the scene for a domestic incident. And uh, the video appears to show Blake walking away from police as they have their guns drawn, uh, getting into an SUV. He appears to be reaching for something and then he gets shot. Uh, Again, sensitive, sensitive images here if you've got any little ones or anyone who doesn't want to see it. But uh, watch. So. There it is. Oh, holy cow. You know, what are you doing? Oh. Wow. So he is uh, in critical condition. He went into surgery, ICU. Uh, but uh, his mother asked for everyone to remain peaceful 
did not happen. I bet you could guess that uh, that did not happen. Uh, there was actually cell phone video captured uh, in Kenosha in the same spot where there were mobs forming, riots forming, which I'm sure started out as protests. But uh, mo- a mob cheering when a cop gets bricked in the head and falls face first on the street. Here is a little bit of what this violent outrage looked like. So, which one of these is worse? I mean, I was horrified by the first one. Horrified. Mm -hmm. How many shots do you, I mean, what are you doing, man? Um, And no excuse. This one? Which one's worse? I mean, one, at least you could make the case the guy was on adrenaline and freaking out because he thought the guy was going to reach for a gun. Mm -hmm. And this was a guy with a criminal record, by the right. way. And we all are like, we're, we, I think we were all, at least at this table, horrified by that when we saw that. Oh, my gosh. That's horrible. Yes. This one, it's a cop. He's not doing anything. He's, he's standing there. And they cheer for the, oh, wow. What have we become? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, both of those, obviously, I mean, tough for anybody to watch if you care about graphic content. Um, but it's... When it comes to the relationship between individuals and the police, it's like everybody has this hate and love. And I think that the expectation, and this goes for whether you're anti-police, pro-police, is completely outrageous. Uh, This is things I would encourage people to go look at some of my work back when I talked about this. Uh, I mean, for years and and how like structurally, I think it's it's an outdated system, but also the expectation that people have when it comes to policing Mm. is completely unreal because they, uh, you know, you have people that, you know, they look at them as like gods and authority figures in, in, in that regards. But then on the other hand, you also have people that claim to hate them, but also expect them to be prime, you know, reflexes. Uh, Spider-Man like, you know, can hand to hand combat like the greatest martial artist uh, to be able to do things. And they're like, no matter really what it is that they do, they're definitely now they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. And this is why I want people to go back and look at their expectations when it comes to no matter how you're going to, no matter, I obviously look at that and I'm like, this is, this is wrong. However, it goes back to the expectation and the assumption as far as what we think out of this position, as far as what, how, how we think of policing, uh, it's not just in America, it's everywhere else. Because that expectation, I think, gets a lot of us in trouble because it's like we, we try to defend it. We try to we try to say that it's wrong. We're justifying it and we're doing all these different things. And it's like, why do we put so much stock you know, in this? And, and do we have realistic expectations as far as how they're supposed to respond, what they're supposed to respond um, you know, to? And I, I don't lose sight of that, even though I'm, you know, I'm, I'm again, I'm the anarcho-capitalist at the, at the table. So, of course, I'm going to see all sorts of issues with it. But that's the reason. I say that's actually the reason why I have an issue with the position as it stands because of that, because I know that they have a lot on their, their plate as far as what they're expected to do. Um, 
um, and they're being set up for failure. But I don't expect them to. I don't want them to do a lot of the things that they do. And, you know, we're having this tug of, tug of war match between what they should do, what they can do, and it sucks. Well, I, let me say this. I think I agree with you on um, I don't want them to do some of the stuff they're doing, but that requires a a moral people to yeah. police themselves, mm. and we're not a moral people anymore. Um, the the biggest thing that I agree with you on is the expectations we have. Can you imagine? I mean, I've had bad days where I've wanted to rip somebody's head off, but I've never had my life in danger at war. I've never feared that someone is going to come walking in, we're going to sit, and all of a sudden you're just going to pull out a gun and shoot me. Right. Um, the expectation uh, when we all go to work, we pretty much know what our day is going to be like, you know? They have no idea. They could be a marriage counselor. They could be a hostage negotiator. They could walk into a drug deal. They, they have no idea what the next call is. It's like Russian roulette. Yeah. And, and we expect them just to be cool and calm in every situation after one day. And I'm not trained to be a police department, but I think most of us after one day we go, OK, OK, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, and it's not just that we expect them to be cool, calm and collected, but we also uh, expect them to like we just jump to conclusions without waiting for all the facts to come out. Yeah, we, we expect them to act like we would think we would act from the comfort of our own home, oh, watching sure. it from a different right. A, a, 20, yeah. a 20 second video where there's no context. We have no idea what what it looked like on the mm -hmm. scene. We have no idea what they knew going into it. If they knew of his violent criminal history, if they didn't, if it looked like important. he was reaching for a gun. It's so important. That's important. Like Before we, you start rioting and hitting yeah, no, police no, officers that, with that bricks. That stuff is so important if we're going to analyze like what's something wrong, why, what's the psyche, tapping into the psyche of not only the person that's walking away from them, but the cops that shot them. Like, we have to be able to fairly assess this situation, and often it never is the case. It just depends on what your personal political or social biases are. And that is real. that's the end of civil society. Yeah. When Because I could watch that, and if he could make a good case, and if his body cam especially showed the guy still reaching for the gun, okay. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have done that, but maybe okay. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. If it turned out the other way, the guy was just trying to get into his car. He was not harmless. Maybe he should have been shot once someplace to stop him. But over and over, if that means a cop goes to jail, I'm fine with that, too. Right. We just have to be open to say, I wasn't in the situation. Give me as many facts as you can. Not me, but the jury and let them figure it out. Then we got to be cool with what happened. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. No, see that. And that's why. I know I even differ from a lot of my and my fellow libertarians on this is because I again I, I'm I'm not gonna sit here and armchair everything all the time and sit up here and be like, well if I was in that situation they should have did this, they should have did that, they should have did that. And we're making split second decisions and, and all of that. And again, it goes back to the unrealistic expectations. Even the people that claim to hate police officers, they treat them like gods too, because they expect them to be, well, they could have did this, they could have did that. And it's like, dang, you expect more more from them than the people that seem to support them. And fortunately, people don't see that actual problem. Again, we have an unrealistic expectation of those positions. But I do want to close with this. I don't want folks to act as if the folks that are, whether they ride, burn stuff down, like they want something better, right? And I don't want to, like, I hate that we have to assume, well, they are upset, they are frustrated, therefore, 
we have to support them or therefore mm-hmm. they're in the right. No, they're not. They could absolutely advocate for something worse. They can be irrational. Mm-hmm. And of course, they can burn down businesses that have absolutely nothing to it to do with anything. And that's how children react to things where they lash out at other folks that had nothing to do with the do with the situation. Right. So, you know, it's one of those things where until we meet at the table and actually have those very difficult conversations to have, because I know a lot of us have, have our pre- preconceived like sort of ideas of, of policing in this country. I think we're going to continue to see these these issues, but I don't think it's as black and white as they're they're protesting. Police brutality is bad. And that's it. You know, it, it's a it's a lot different like layers to that and we have to discuss all of them yeah all right uh liberals attack melania trump over some flowers when we come back Uh, the left attacked Melania Trump over the weekend after the first lady had the just sheer audacity to unveil renovations to the Rose Garden at the White House. Uh, apparently, the Rose Garden has been under construction since last month to undergo horticultural and technological updates. Uh, now, there were a lot of detractors who were saying that there were pub- the public funds financed the renovation. That is not true. These renovations came from private donations. But uh, Melania tweeted out a picture or a several series of pictures, and she said, excited to honor history and celebrate the future in our beautiful White House Rose Garden this evening. Thank you to all who helped renew this iconic and truly gorgeous space. Um, I mean, you would think that that would be like, cool, we're getting an update to the Rose Garden. They're working on it. That's awesome. Uh, Here is another picture of the new garden, Uh, as well as if we could get to the next side by side. Yes, thank you. So um, some people pointed out that uh, actually there are the words KKK Um, spelled in these bushes over here. And if you'll notice, she is married to a giant racist. So that was clearly intentional, uh, according to the left. And it is a secret uh, dog whistle to the Klan. Uh, Eric, are you you offended? Uh, No, of course I'm not. (laughs) I hate the term dog whistle. People say it to me. It's like, oh, you say something they don't like or they can try to... It's funny, they call me the conspiracy theorist, but they can do all of this mental gymnastics to try to figure out, oh, well, he's trying to say this, do this subliminal sort of messaging. And then they say your dog whistling to them. It's like, I thought the point of the dog whistle was that you could pick it up. So maybe you the dog. (laughs) I I don't know. But it's like it's so uh, this is why I hate politics. Of course, the ultimate end game. Yes, I'm going full anarchist. Of course, the full end game of, of libertarianism is obviously to rid the world of politics. That's what we want. But why I dislike politics so much is important. I hate it because it brings out the absolute worst in people. And you see stuff like this happening. And where, where people are just are going nuts over a rose garden. Mm-hmm. Says all you need in this. Uh, well, and to Eric's point, Glenn, uh, here is another tweet from the left. Here's the colorful, happy rose garden under Obama. And here is Melania's unveiling of the new garden entirely devoid of color or joy. Interestingly enough, no mention on the fact that these were the pictures were taken at different, like during different seasons. Yeah, um, <laughs> about two weeks every spring, the tulips come up and the cherry trees go into bloom. Uh, very colorful then, uh-huh. 
you know, about three weeks later, that's all dead. <laughs> you know, it's, it kills me. First of all, she took the, um, the, the landscaping plans from 1962 with, with uh, Kennedy. Mm -hmm. She restored, restored most of it to its original landscape design. And who gives a flying crap? It's a stupid garden for the love of Pete. It's a garden. Do you not have a life? No. Oh, I don't think not. so. No, they don't have any life. But no, that's what I'm saying. It brings out the word. Like these people, uh, it controls their lives. It consumes them. And, and this is why on a serious note, I just don't like politics because that's how, that's how it makes people just go crazy. But do you, th so do you think that a normal people reads this kind of trash written about the, the Rose Garden and they're like, I really don't want to be associated with you yes. people. You don't. No, I think they, look, <clears throat> you probably both are too young. How old are you? I'm 30. I'm the youngest 30, one at yeah. the table. I always say, all right, like all to, right, yeah, Eric. You like me to say okay, that. Okay, you don't have to point it out. I, I was the one born in the 90s here at the table. <laughs> yeah, but you know the bad thing is, he's a, you'll be like Morgan Freeman. You'll be a thousand years old yeah. and you'll be like, I don't know how old you yeah, are. Exactly. Because I've looked the same. I, yeah. When I was 20, I've looked the exact right. same. Um, but uh, uh, when I was at the White House a uh, few years back, I spent some time with the chief usher, who is the head of the White House. And he gave me this great tour of the house. Just It was just me and I think my wife. And it uh, took us around, and he was telling us all these stories. And I said, so... Tell me the best families, the worst families. And he said, oh, I, I won't do that. <laughs> he said, but I will tell you one of the most misunderstood. And he said, that's Nancy Reagan. And I said, okay, why? He said, do you remember uh, back in the 80s, the White House didn't have China for the state dinners. So it was all mismatched China. It was all, I mean... You know, I think there are probably some table settings that would be wonderful if they were all mismatched, but that's me. Um, but uh, in, in Nancy Reagan said, uh, what do you need? What does the White House need? And he said, Miss um, Reagan, we, we don't have a full set of China for state dinners. So she said, OK, got it. She raised the money. She bought the China. She was made into Marie Antoinette as well. Oh, look, the country's in financial crisis in China. He said, I went to her and he said, I am so sorry. This was my suggestion. Please let me release a statement that this was me. And she said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's mine. I'll take this on. I'm big enough to handle it. The same thing is going on with Melania. Mm. Do you not think... There's somebody there at the White House going, uh, no, you shouldn't take an axe to the cherry trees if it was really, truly significant. No, she didn't make those moves. She wasn't like, mm, you know what? What do you think if we put flamingos? <laughs> no, no would have been the answer. All right. Uh, an NYU student group advocating for racially segregated housing. When oh. we come back, back in a minute.
A student task force at NYU, they call themselves the Black Violets. They are pushing for segregated housing in dormitories. Uh, they created a petition in July that has over a thousand signatures that reads, we members of the black student body demand that NYU implement black student housing on campus in the vein of themed engagement floors across first year and upperclassmen residence halls. Uh, and the first demand listed on the petition is to create floors completely comprised of the black violets. Imagine uh, if a Christian, black identifying student. Imagine if a Christian group came out and said, we demand that our dorms are only female and male and the two shall not meet. Imagine the firestorm. Okay. That's a moral thing. This is against everything we've been taught. Everything that we have been taught about black and white. Yeah, only black identifying. Oh, I like this though. Black identifying students. Oh, you can. So I'm not oh, sure. So Rachel what Dolezal thing is like. <laughs> yeah, that, that, we can do that now. Yeah, okay. That's not a cultural appropriation. Oh, okay. Right. That's that's confusing. Right. No, see, the Somehow. thing about the segregation uh, thing that always is, it makes it odd to me when it comes to that. It's like, do the students are they getting a choice? Because what if the student like is like I would rather just be you know with everybody else like not just have to uh, you know be just just strictly among black do they get a choice and this is why I talk about there is a difference between voluntary forms of like separate segregation right and versus forced integration or forced segregation mm -hmm. which it seems like they're going back to more so forced forms of uh segregation well, which is again that's backwards I mean I think I think that's a little over the top. It's just that Robert Byrd finally <laughs> got his wish. The Democrats have returned back home to segregation. I think that's great. Congratulations uh, on that. Well, so uh, some, uh, some of you out there who are watching, you might be like, well, it's just a petition started by some stupid student group. It's there's no that's not news. But the Res Life staff of the university has reached out to the authors of the petition to discuss how they will move forward with the goals. They said given the COVID-related challenges to the student housing system <laughs> this year, these conversations would be aiming towards 2021 through 2022 school year. Um, so it is something that apparently you can just make demands now as a kid and uh, people just follow through with them, which is very, very interesting to me. Well, they're not playing with their own money. So th this is why they always favor those types of institutions that are state funded um, and uh, at least get the bulk of their funding involuntarily through taxation. They can do that there. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that this type of crap doesn't work when you go into like an actual marketplace because people don't care about that type of stuff. So that's why you see it in like the schools and mm -hmm. and, 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 and other things, and like kind of institutions first mm -hmm. uh, before it ever leak out to the marketplace because they can get away with that. They're not playing with their own money. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, how does this end? Or do I even want to know? Bullet to the head. Oh, okay, good. Uh, it, uh, uh, it, it might end at this election for a little while, might, might ease up. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I think it's like a uh, virus without a cure. Mm -hmm. It will ravage the body uh, uh, for a long time. And then if we're strong enough to get back up on our feet, we'll recover. But I'm not sure. I think the election will say a lot. If there's, if there is a lot of people that are, that are Democrat that stand up and they're like, you know what? I'm not going to tell anybody, but I'm voting for Donald Trump because this is insane. My own party has gone insane. If that happens, 
um, it's going to end okay. We're going to still go through rough times, but it'll end okay. But if the American people have just become zombified and they're only they're, they're, there's no logic left in, in them anymore, this, I mean, this is like reading 1984. And I know we all went to high school and we all had to read 1984 and we all learned that's bad. That's what this is. Mm-hmm. And if people have lost their moral foundation, we're over. Yeah, do you agree, um, Eric? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like if people don't see even with the stuff that they gripe about that are more legitimate concerns, if they don't understand why it's like that, then their gripes are meaningless, and often you get on the other side and it gets worse. Mm-hmm. But there's another thing that I don't think people are considering when it comes to the other side of this. If you look at culturally, pendulums, it could swing back the other way. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard, you know, I was watching you know, the podcaster, and he was talking about how it, 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 they I know people are fearsome of like this non like it doesn't exist right now. Right. There's like Uber right wing like movement. Like it's not really there's no such thing as that. Well, they but, would tell you that there is. Yeah. Well, they, no, that's what I'm that's saying. That's what we that, all are. at the Exactly. Table, right? Exactly. That's yeah. what they say. We are. But I'm saying like people need to understand that there's a reason why the Pinochet's of the world came into power. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all I'm saying. I, I, I think it was interesting that Richard Spencer, not oh, he supported a, uh, Joe Biden, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. not a joke. Yeah. I mean, he th- he is a national socialist. Mm-hmm. He believes in uh, you know everything that AOC and everybody is yeah. preaching. He just doesn't like the race part of it, right. but he'll take that. He'll take that. Well, which and didn't he? He thought that he supported Trump, and then he went, "Oh, wait a second, this guy's not my guy." Yeah. He he was pretty open about him being a, being a socialist. I remember doing a video yeah. on it again. So I'm, everything's coming in fruition uh, for me. It's just things I've been talking about for years. But no, he like admitted it. Like he, it wasn't even like under the table. It and right. he was like, "Yeah, I don't know why everybody has this issue with, with <laughs> socialism. Like I, I I think socialism is great." He just flat out said it. I'm getting this video footage. You can go on my pages if you want to check that out. But he. Had, he, he was pretty open about it, so it doesn't surprise me, but this is the interesting thing, is that they try to tie people like him to the opposite side, yeah. but now that he's supporting them, how does it work? I don't know. I don't know. They know they changed the rules on the fly, but I'm wondering, like, well, are you? Rules, are they the racists now? Those are the rules, yeah. They better explain themselves. <laughs> um, you, you know, it's, a, it's amazing that that is on the right, because the left hated fascism Mm -hmm. because they were communists. Um, There is another choice. It's called freedom. And, uh, you know, when push comes to shove, I mean, that's why the Nazi flag is red. He was trying to appeal to the communists and saying, we're the same. We just, we believe in Germany. You believe in workers of the world, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. National socialism versus international socialism. Look it up. (laughs) All right, back in a minute. It is one of the most insane things I did. I did a- Friday's poll. Did you watch any of the 2020 Democratic National Convention? Uh, almost 90% of you, you, you like spending your time wisely you said no i you love did this not. audience uh, yeah 10% of you uh gluttons for punishment you said yes i we only did cuz that's what that's just what we get paid to do mm-hmm. otherwise i well you didn't eric's like i didn't watch us nah, i only stay for the it. memes that's it that's it <laughs> well with social media now it's very easy to just get your get your 
clips and not have to bother yourself watching the whole thing. So I don't blame you for that. Uh, Today's poll, are Democrat cities safe anymore? Let us know what you think, Glenn. Depends on what Democratic cities. Yeah, it's kind of a general question. Yeah, I mean, the big cities. hmm. Well, especially these, I mean, downtown areas. Get the just heck out of them. That's where they what hap- start. What hap- right, what happens to those? Yeah, no, that's, those, those are, that's where they all link up. Mm-hmm. And then it, sl- it slowly kind of spreads, but it all usually starts downtown. Yeah, let us know what you think. You can go to uh, The Blaze's Twitter. That is, of course, at The Blaze. And uh, if you are in any of those downtown areas, as Eric said, uh, consider moving away. Unless you just like fires. (laughs) Not to the Mountain West, though. (laughs) Or Texas. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.